So, uh, so you guys, you guys remember the course? What's the course? CPR. CPR. Yeah, overall course CPR, which we talked about, is not a seat from the office. It is Christian personal relationships. Um, first talk, we kind of had like the ground rules, right? Like what we're talking about with like reordering our lives, where most of us kind of live like me and God, and then like other people's annoyance. But actually, it's like our lives are actually it's God who's first, right? He's worth everything. He's first, and then other people and us. And like kind of our way, like how we know we love God is that we love others, right? Like no one can say, I love God, yet hate his brother or sister, right? It just doesn't work that way. Um, and then last, last two weeks ago, this week ago, right? Two weeks ago, who knows? Uh, we heard from Anna about... Right speech. Right speech, yeah. And this, uh, there's a lot there. Um, hope it is just really to chew on and maybe seeing, seeing some fruit in your house right now. Um, today is repairing wrongdoing or reconciling relationships, which is seems like really like specific and like kind of odd. Like okay, like that's like an entire talk. Don't you say like be nice to each other, and say sorry. All right, cool. It, but there really is something a powerful spiritual concept that like, kind of lying here for us. And the Lord, I think the Holy Spirit really wants to like have land in our hearts today. This isn't just like a nice concept that we can like oh cool put in my back pocket. But it's something that actually like revolutionizes how families can operate and how communities can operate. Because without this, there's just like a kind of a heaviness or a cloud that can kind of linger. That when we actually step into this, there's a freedom and like a joy that we didn't even know was like right right next to us. Yeah. So, um, speed of the day, we got we Andrew Keeby. We grab that. Uh, and introducing Andrew's a donkey thing. Um, but I was, I was kind of like fucking, one thing is, the way that God works oftentimes, he's like, with a call in our life, is he kind of, sometimes what he does is he kind of like, points to, like, a need, and then just kind of, like, steps back and kind of, like, lets us, like, make a decision because he really values our freedom, really respects our freedom. And Andrew's someone who, like, the Lord showed him some needs and kind of stepped back, and continually Andrew has said, yes, I will go. Or, like, yes, I will serve, or I will step into that. And from that, he came to Ohio State um, with just a desire to be on mission. It was just Andrew. Like, there was no SPO. SPO was an idea, or maybe a thought he had kind of in his head, but it was just Andrew, and his yes um, snowballed into this room today. And there's been a lot of people along the way, let me quickly tell you that, but it was, it started there. And the men that ended up marrying his sisters were guys that he met on campus <laughs> and at random events, <laughs> and he poured into a living house with them, and they eventually married his sisters. But like, and uh, a lot of like, the guy that like, Mentored me when I was a missionary here my first time. That actually, like, I think there was his family. Like, it was a guy that, you know, lived in the household and Andrew met and invested in. And, like, all these guys and these men and women that, like, have, like, snowballed um, throughout the city and their impact has been seen. It's actually impacted your life in a tangible way and probably in ways you just don't even realize. And just one man's yes. And just because the Lord pointed out something, he said, Yes, Lord, I will go. So he's a man of great faithfulness, um, a family of four, um, married to Carmen. Um, who's also a force in her own right. Um, but let's uh, welcome Andrew and let's pray with him here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's come for the Lord. Holy Spirit, come Jesus, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Lord, you are King, you are Lord. Father, we praise you. Yeah, Father, we turn to you. We just thank you for the opportunity to hear your words tonight. Thank you that your Spirit is present. Lord, we just call upon you now to anoint our ears and our hearts. Lord, we, just, we make room for you. Lord, we just pray anointing on Andrew now. That your spirit would fall and uh, bless him. Yeah. And we just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
right, awesome. Thanks, John. It's a, it's a joy to be here. Yeah, let me get this stuff. It's a joy to be in a small part, of, be in a small way part of your life. And you guys are, this is awesome. Like, just to be here and see you and hear these stories about how you're a light to the nations, a light to campus. And to hear stories of you guys growing in your faith and maturing and coming into the church, I mean, it's amazing. And to know that you guys are committing to one another to live this way of life, it's, it's so powerful to just stand here and, and, and see it and witness it. It's so good. This, this course is awesome. And sometimes it can be like, like you were saying, like just, I'm sorry, and it's easy. And I think, I, I'm just going to make a really bold statement that there's some stuff that I'm going to say here today that you're going to take with you, like, forever. And I'm, it's not because of what I'm going to say, and it's not because of how I'm going to say it. It's because it's the Word of God, and it's so counterculture. It's so countercultural. And it's, you might not realize how important this is until... 20 years later when you're here and you're in my life and you have a family and you have these close relationships and life is really complex. So I just want to kind of like give a heads up right there. But before I get going, I just want to ask like, how's your Lent going? You guys, is it going pretty good? Yeah? You guys, you guys like Lent? You, you people like, like Lent? Don't like it? Like, are you allowed to like Lent? Uh, we, uh, I, I usually like Lent. I'm getting kind of beat up, this one. But... We talked to our kids, you know, the week before Lent started, and we were like, what do, you, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to give up? And this is, this is just some, like, rich stuff. Our, my 10-year-old, he gave up keeping his uh, reading light on past 9 p.m., which is the rule. So he gave that up. That's pretty good, huh? That's, that's a rule. So he gave up disobeying the rule. Um, my 8-year-old, uh, my he gave up. Um, he, he basically gave up sleeping past 7.30. So he set his alarm, and it goes off, and it's loud, and he's a deep sleeper, and, but he gave up. So he, he's doing like the heroic minute at 7.30. So it's pretty good. Gets out. He doesn't re-rack. He just gets out, and he goes about his day. Um, and uh, my, my daughter, she's seven, and she gave up um, having a messy bed. So she makes her bed every morning. They've got like sticker charts, you know? And my, my four-year-old, he gave up diapers. That's, I was like, was, isn't that good? He was like, I want to give up diapers. And cold turkey, he hasn't worn a diaper since. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. So we have a, we have a rich life, and we have some, like, incredible conversations sometimes. I, I flew up to Minnesota yesterday just for, like, a quick day trip, and my, my 10-year-old was like, why? why are you flying? Why can't you just Zoom? And I was like, Simon, there's, uh, there's some conversations that you have to have in person. And he's like, like what? I was like, well, if you're going to be like really creative and strategic, or if you're going to like argue about really intense things. And he was like, Dad, if you guys just keep arguing all the time, you're never going to get anything done. And I was like, that's so good. I think that's so here. Okay, so when we're talking about reconciling, reconciling, reconciling relationships, we can't just fight all the time, but, but there's something in us that fights, okay? And that's why we need mercy. We need, need extravagant mercy. You and I 
have sinned. We have fallen short. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard my story, but I, I started drifting really far into darkness and got to a point where I did some things that I'm, I'm just like ashamed, absolutely ashamed of and I should be in jail, like three or four different things. And this was one of them. You know, we were, we were trying to find a place to party and my friend was leaving town and you know, we got it like, where are you gonna drink? And where are we gonna have people over? And he was leaving town, so he said, why don't we break into his house and have parties there all week? And this was like a, during the summer. And so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'm pretty good with locks. And so um, got in through the second story window and we just like had parties all week. And Friday, uh, Saturday morning, we like cleaned it up and I'm like meticulous. And so like every cup was where it was supposed to be. You know, every cab, everything was perfect. We broke this lock, we fixed it, everything was good. And then it was like Saturday, early evening, and we're like, well, where are we gonna party tonight? Let's go back to the house, one more night. And so this, I, I don't even know how people kept, these parties got bigger each night of the week. I don't know how they got there, because we didn't have social media, we didn't have cell phones. I, like, we must have smoke signals, I don't know. Like, people were coming. And there was tons of people, and someone, all of a sudden, about midnight, someone was like, they're home. So we're like running out, you know, it's like one of those movies, like everyone's booking it out of there. And um, I'm running, this is part of my testimony because I like, as I was running through this neighborhood, I'm like, why am I always running? I'm always running. Lord, I think you have something different for me. And the next morning, my friend's mom showed up at our house because we had taken, there used to be these cameras that like were like instant cameras, like we do selfies with those. And so there's all these pictures. You know, me and my friends, that we left in the house. So we're just, we're done, and she's going to press charges. And I'm 18, and I'm getting ready to go to college. And, like, my life's over, you know? Like, it's over. And she thought about it for a couple days, and she, she told my parents. She didn't even talk to me. She's like, I'm not going right, to press charges. I'm like, okay, I can breathe. Isn't that the gospel? Don't we sin and do horrendous things to even those who we love. And we take theirs and we grab it as our own and Jesus forgives us. And my friend's mom was Jesus to me. And this was part of my story. And I just share because we are all in need of mercy. Maybe you have a past like that. Maybe you don't. And you're like judging me right now. You're like the perfect Pharisee. And that's like pretty bad too. And maybe, <laughs> like, maybe you're like kind of insecure because you're not sure, like, I, like, I, I kind of want to pass, or I don't know if I do, and um, is God's mercy real for me? And brothers and sisters, we have all sinned, and that's just one story from my life, but we have all taken and grabbed and pulled the whole world around our center, and that's, that's where we get into this Matthew 18 when, when Peter asked Jesus, how often should we forgive one another? And he says, should we forgive them seven times? And she's like, no, 70 times seven. So he kind of like blows Peter's mind. Peter thought he was like, like you know, like this is going to, Jesus going to be like, oh, good job, Peter, seven. And he's like, no, 70 times seven. And then Jesus tells a story that we know of the ungrateful servant, right? And he's forgiven this, uh, this master. He owes this guy all this money. And his ma the master says, I need the money. He says, I don't have it. You're going to go in prison until you pay it. There's no way to pay it because you're going to be in prison with Andrew, right? And um, so he forgives him. Do you, like, I, I was doing some research. Do you know how much 10,000 talents are worth? 
in today's dollars. It was, it was like debatable. It was somewhere between like four, $40 million and $3 billion. Those were like some kind of a wide range of biblical scholars, but a lot of money, okay? And then the next guy comes up, and he owes the guy about $15,000. And he says, I need my money now. And he sends him to jail, right? You guys know this story? And the master says, he throws the first guy in jail because he says, you, you wicked servant. And Jesus says, that's what's going to happen to you unless you forgive from your heart. And isn't that, I mean, I like should, should have gone to jail. I should have not been able to go to college uh, like a few other times as well. And like a few years later, somebody like scratched my guitar. And I was like, they should probably buy me a new guitar. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like mercy for me, justice for everyone else. Do you guys ever feel that? in you. Mercy for me, justice for everyone else. And I just want to call us to forgive from the heart tonight and to be a people who forgive from the heart because we have been forgiven. And we've been forgiven of this kind of fleshly selfishness. A couple years later, you know, I'm, I'm in my second year of mission and we went on a fan in the flame retreat. You guys have been on a fan in the flame retreat. And we, it was like my first year in Minnesota. We made this huge push. We got like, I like met all these amazing guys. I like knew all their names mystically and invited them to the, uh, no, that was a sweet story though. Um, you know, like that never happened to me. And, um, but I met some sweet guys or some awesome girls. They're coming on this retreat. It's Northern Minnesota. It's November. The heat breaks down. I, we're giving talks in like coats and hats. People can't sleep. And the, the, everything kind of like fell apart. It was like one of the worst retreats. Like it was just re really bad. Like Jesus was there and he worked. And there's like two amazing stories that I can point back to. One guy who from there went and started the U of M SPO, and one guy from there who went on to become a Focus Regional Director. I don't know if anybody else like it even, like happened, but it was. <laughs> so on the way back, three hours, I'm riding with this guy and these two girls, and like I said, I'm a perfectionist, and I just started I, like I was like, how do you how the retreat go? And this guy's like, ah, it was all right. This girl's like, uh, it was kind of bad. And I was like, it was terrible. And so for three hours, we kind of started ripping it apart, led by me. This, we should have done that better. This was a miss. I can't believe this. All this stuff. And I, I see in the rearview mirror that the one girl was like starting to cry. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person. Um, so I, I, we get home, and the next day I was just like, I need to apologize to those girls. And and the guy as well, but it was a little bit different. So I, they were in household. I, um, I, I called him over, you know, again, smoke signal or something. And I, I said, hey, listen, I was wrong. I was wrong to be negative. I was wrong to rip apart the hard work of the, the leaders of this retreat. I was wrong. And guys, isn't it it's so easy to go negative? It's so easy to complain, blame, and deny. That's the default. That's the flesh. That's the path of least resistance. And we go there in our thoughts and in our words and our actions. And, and I just said, I, I really want to ask for your forgiveness. And they were like, yeah, thank you. That, that means a lot. Um, I ended up marrying the girl who was crying. Uh, so that was sweet. So that's like a glory story, you know? Um, that was like, um, but that became the beginning of like a really powerful friendship. And um, so, I, yeah, so you should reconcile your relationships. That's, that's the point. Um, where... Where do James 4.1, James 4.1 says, where do wars and conflicts among you come from? 
from your passions, from these, these self-fleshly desires. We are selfish and we want so badly to be the center of the story and we fight. We fight and fight and fight to be the center of the story. That's the flesh. Proverbs 12, 20, Proverbs 23 says, He is honorable who avoids strife, but a fool starts a quarrel. And again, we fight. We fight to be the center. And we fight with each other. And I really believe that we're going to look back and say, what were we fighting about? What were we fighting about? And I just want to put this perspective of mercy on our relationships. Because we do. We throw all kinds of stuff at each other. We throw negativity. We throw each other on the bus. We backbite. We gossip. We judge. The Corinthians did too. When we read 1 Corinthians, the very beginning, 1 Corinthians 1 says, they were not lacking in any spiritual gift. So that's like you guys here. Like, there's spiritual gifts here in action. You're not lacking them. The Lord is here. The Holy Spirit's working. But in uh, two chapters later, Paul says, but you are still of the flesh. So I'm going to join. I'm with Paul. You're still of the flesh. Do you guys know the list of the flesh? This is in Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. And this is one list. This isn't like, like a, a main list or a, and a secondary list. And like, these are all like the works of the flesh. That he says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God, the people who do these things. Idolatry, licentiousness, immorality, impurity, sorcery, and hatred, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, acts of selfishness, dissension, factions. You know that like factions like that, those negative camps that pull us away from one another. Occasions of envy, <laughs> drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. This is... This is the, these are the works of the flesh. And brothers and sisters, hurt people hurt people, don't they? And we are in God's need of God's mercy. We are hurt, and we hurt one another. We fight to be the center of the story. What we're, we're, so that's like the fights of the flesh. We're on point three if you're following the outline. Um, we're called to perfect love. This is the ideal, Okay. In contrast, we know that we're supposed to love our neighbor as... That's, that was kind of what Jesus did agree with some people when they said that, but then he kind of flipped the script. He said, love one another as I have loved you. That's like, he takes it to the next level, like love them as yourselves. I actually don't love myself very well. I don't take care of myself. I fight. I'm negative. Um, but he loves me so well, and I'm here by his grace Love one another as I have loved you. Um, John, 1 John 4 says, If God so loved us, we must also love one another. God remains in us, and his love is brought to perfection in us. They're calling, John is calling them to a perfect love. And what perfect love is, I believe perfect love, is when we live in the kind of closeness, the kind of relationships where we um, feel and experience one another's sinfulness. When someone sins, we feel it, and we experience it. That's how close we are. Just, and we feel their joy, too, but we feel their sinfulness, and we love them anyway. And we continue to love, because that's how he loves us. Love one another as I have loved you. And brothers and sisters, 
you are living really in close contact. Your relationships are really important. And I think that you probably experience one another's sinfulness at times, and it hurts. It hurts you, and you need to love anyway. And that's the thing that I think two or three decades from now, you're going to say, yeah, I need, I need perfect love. I need God's grace, and I can only go there. I can only love that way if he gives me the, the grace. I mean, you're going to experience so much pain in your life, so much because of other people's sin. Can you imagine what Joshua and Caleb were going through? They were like, let's go into the promised land now. Everyone was like, we're too afraid of the giants. We're going back. 38 years of wandering in the desert, eating manna and some quail and starving. Can you imagine how angry they were? 38 years? I think like 38 minutes drives us crazy sometimes, right? Um, we're going to experience other sin and we need to love them through that. That's what perfect grace is, perfect love is, and we can only do that by grace. So I want to talk about, are you guys hearing me? And I want to just like, I'm trying to just like, like take half the talk to like pound myself that we're a people of mercy and we, we see so each other's lives. I mean, this is crazy, the kind of, like being in small groups and being in commitment and living in household, like we see so much of each other's lives. It's so risky. It's so dangerous. It's so vulnerable. It's so anointed. It's like the thing. It's so family. And it's the thing that has changed my life. And that girl who was crying in the car that I apologized, and she said to me, she later, months later, maybe even years later, she said that was the first time anyone had ever reconciled a relationship like that. Like, then she heard this talk, and she was like, that's what Andrew did. That was so powerful. No one had ever done that before to her. Um, so dealing with debts. Debts need to be paid or canceled. Right? The guy in Matthew 18, the debt had to be paid or had to be canceled. It can't just continue. And I'm going to... In that light, what I'm going to ask you to do when there's a debt, when someone has wronged you or you have wronged them, you need to make a decision if you're going to discuss it or dismiss it. You guys with me? You're going to need to make a decision if you're going to discuss this, reconcile it, or you're going to dismiss it. Canceled. Gone. Done. No withholding. No more grudge. I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm not going to wait and kind of pray for it to change and expect it to change and hold that over their head and kind of have this, this thing no, it's like dismissed, like gone. And that's what we, that's got to be our default, is that kind of mercy. I, uh, I mean, there's crazy stuff that happens. I mean, things that, you know, like someone says on social media about like their position on COVID could rip apart a relationship. I've seen it happen. Um, I've seen someone who, uh, two couples were engaged and they, one got engaged, and two weeks later, the other one got engaged, and they picked the wedding date like a week before the, this one. And this became like a thing. And it like ripped up a relationship. Like best friends don't talk, talk to each other because they, like, they feel like they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have done that. Um, in my, uh, I was fundraising for SPO, and we had this like crazy, this was like a lot of pressure. Like when it was just me in the room, and then I was like, okay, like, we're going to need to get some money eventually. And so we need to start fundraising. And like that started happening so that we could be here. 
and so that we could be in a place like this, and we could have, you know, buy houses someday. And, and I, I went and I, I asked this guy for $100,000, and he said, yes, I want to do that. And I was just, I mean, what do you say to that? It's like, are you, like, are you sure? Um, you know, and... I, you know, I go back, and I'm, like, so excited because there was so much pressure. I lived in Minnesota, and I was running the banquets here, and I, like, all, and I was, like, this is it. This is the gift, and I, like, all of a sudden, I don't have this pressure on me. Like, the banquets doesn't have to be as amazing. You know, there's not as much pressure for us to raise all the money, and I get into, that was, like, on June 20th, and then I, like, two weeks later, I was talking with my supervisor about it, and he's, like, I was like, yeah, I'm just so glad that the banquet's going to, like, I can totally slouch off, you know, like, because we got the 100K and we're going to be good. And he's like, oh, that was last fiscal year. That gets booked in the previous fiscal year, so we're back to zero. I was like, what? You can't do that. Give me that money back. He would, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I was so mad. And I'm telling you, and I just, there was nothing I could do. And for two years, I let this fester. I was so bitter. I held it over him like he could have helped me out. I mean, didn't he know all the sacrifices I was making? And like, didn't he know all the, all the stuff I earned and all my hard work and me and mine and I need, right? Who's the center of the story? Like, and I finally went to him. I was like, I have to write, like, because it was like stewing and grabbing me in my prayer and in my free time. I was just like angry at him. And I went to him and I, I said, hey, listen, this really hurt me. Well, I'm going I'm to get into this. Okay. So a situation like that, we need to reconcile. Okay. So here's how we do this. The main approach should, not, should be direct discussion rather than complaining or criticizing them to others or nagging them or putting you know, uh, passive aggressive manipulation and pressure, um, making them feel guilty, indirect communication. You guys getting it? It's, no, it's, you can just write direct communication, okay? Not on social media, not on text messages. We resolve these kind of conflicts in person. Okay, so the way you do it, and this is going to get really practical here, there's like a formula. Okay, you guys ready? Any engineers? You guys are like, okay, we've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting. All right, all right, we got to, a, we, got, we got to. We used to have like a, a debate in the first household. It was like the philosophers led by me against the engineers led by my now brother-in-law, and we would just feud. And, and then there was Aaron Richards was like the scientist, so he kind of like sat on both sides of the table. Um, okay, so these... How, how are we going to resolve this depends. The first thing you do, it depends on how, um, whether it's a matter of right and wrong or it's a matter of good and better or if it's a matter of, matter of preference, okay? So we're kind of at level one, level two, level three. So right or wrong, good versus better or a matter of preference. Okay, first thing we do is we, we're, we've got a relational conflict right now. I'm, you may even be thinking of someone's name right now or some situation, whether it was $100,000 or $100, you're pissed, okay? And you, for the first thing you do is you pray for that person. I called my spiritual director earlier this summer, and I was having this relational conflict. It's going to happen, I promise. It's going to happen. And he, he's like, hey, yeah, last month, he's like, he's like, yeah, I remember talking about that last month. He's like, did you pray for them every day this month? And I was like, no. He's like, okay, why don't you call me back next month? And once you pray for them, you know, like, like that's the kind of seriousness I want. And that's the kind of pounding I get. You're like surprised. You're like, man, he's me. Yeah, he is me. Um, <laughs> and it's so good. And he's, so I started, I, we beg the Lord to bless the people that hurt us. That's the first thing. Second, so that's always. Number two, 
is we get some help from an older and a wiser person. Not gossiping, but just, hey, I'm struggling with something. Uh, this, you know, the fiscal year ended, and I'm mad, and I need some help. How, how should I go about this? I went to somebody, and I said, how should I do this? And he gave me some really good counsel about how to do this. Um, thirdly, we determine what's the levels at one, two, or three, okay? So here's an example. So um, a preference would be, I want to show up 10 minutes early, but who I'm carpooling with always... Uh, always wants to arrive on time. And I'm kind of miffed because I'm always 10 minutes early waiting and the person I carpool with is late. That's me. Mitch and Laura, were trying, they were like in my driveway today. We're here, I'm like, can't print the talk, lost my keys, life's out of order. They're like, see you later. Um, okay, uh, timeliness. A good, better example is I wanna be on time but someone in my small group is always five minutes late and I think they should apologize, okay? A moral issue is someone in my group isn't showing up and isn't communicating and is breaking their commitments. That's where it gets into like, it's actually right or wrong. We made a commitment and we should honor that. And if we're not honoring it, we should go and apologize. Okay, so let me just give a few more examples. Okay, right or wrong. These are some examples. This is when we're like hurt and when trust is broken. So my example of the fan of flame retreat and the conversation in the car, that, that's like gossip, detraction, negativity. That's like wrong. And there's more hurt than I'm, I, would, I wish we had time for me to share with you, just to kind of like show you how terrible our speech and our example can be when we go negative. Um, uh, some, when you lie to someone, or someone lies to you, this would be something. Uh, morally questionable media or drunkenness, this can fall into like, this is actually right or wrong, this is involved. Um, commitments, especially big commitments, we're not showing up. So here's how you would go about especially if it's somewhere where you're hurt, where broken trust, the $100,000 isn't there anymore. Um, it is a right or wrong. This is what you should do. You ready? You First, you would go to someone. You'd affirm the relationship like, hey, I love you. I really value our relationship. I was really hurt. Um, then second one is you address the problem using I statements. I was, you know, when this happened, I was really hurt. I felt this way. It's not blaming the person, but it's addressing the problematic behavior. And then we articulate, I, I would really want you to, I'd, I'd like you to apologize, right? I think we need to reconcile here, or I think we need to figure out something, okay? And then lastly, we accept forgiveness, okay? So that's when we, you know, we forgive. Or, so, you know, in the lesson with Carmen, I did that, right? I value you guys. I'm messed up. I know that made you feel wrong, or f feel upset. I, I would like your forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Okay, and the, with the, my supervisor, hey, this is what happened. I've been furious with you for two years, and I wanted to, like, wring your neck, you know, like, eh, no, I didn't do that. Um, I, I've just been really hurt. This has been weighing on me, and I, I want to bring this to you because I care about our relationship, and I, I feel like you owe me an apology. And, what, and, and he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry that it happened. And we forgave, and we didn't cause this rift that would have kept us from one another. Okay, another, another, like, so just so you're getting, like, this is how I would go about it another way, just a little more casual. Hey, I usually go up to someone, like, if we have an issue, like, hey, Andrew, like, how's it going? And you're just like, hey, I just lost my job. You know, and like, okay, I'm like, okay, that's why you've been, like, late to morning prayer, and you've been, like, you know, slosh, you know what I mean? Like, and now I know I'm not going to call you out for wearing your pajamas to a morning prayer. You know, like, we talked about this. No pajamas in morning prayer, right? Um, you owe me. But I mean, seriously, do, does not those kind of things, 
get into it. So that's where we're going to um, Okay, so those are moral things, right? Drunkenness, lying, backbiting. Okay, there's probably going to be a lot less of that and a lot more of what I'm going to say. So you, you know, once you like pray for that person and you get some counsel and then you determine, is this a one, two, or three, you're going to probably realize a lot of things that you thought were right and wrong are actually good and better. And a lot of good or better, and a lot of good or better things you're going to think, oh yeah, it's actually preference. What are we fighting about? Okay, so here's some examples. These are, uh, good or better when, is when you disagree or you're offended. And um, so usually we're going to forbear. You know, I'm coaching lacrosse to third and fourth graders, and last year there was like a, a deluge of rain. It was like the field is absolutely flooded, and it was 45 minutes before practice, so I canceled practice. And my Coach was so mad at me. He said that was way too last minute. And he was like huffing around and like talking under his breath, my partner. And I was just like, Coach Butler, like, I, I want to apologize. I'm sorry. I, 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 that, it was bad that I did that. And um, this, is, this is the kind of thing that we, we don't see in our culture. Um, good or better? Sorry, that was a, that's another example of the, uh, good, the moral stuff. Okay. But scheduling changes, like communication about like uh, disrespectful comments, maybe modesty, maybe sacrifices we make for unity. Like for example, like maybe you'd ra you'd rather your small group meet a different time, but you can do it. But it's like kind of inconvenient. That would be a, that's like a good or better. Like it'd be better if it worked better for you. Um, you know, being on you know the kind of timeliness or. Uh, these are the kind of things that are like, it's better if someone doesn't take like a 35-minute shower, you know? But like, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to decide this is, I'm going to dismiss this, okay? So usually with these good or better things, we usually forbear. We usually just dismiss it. And I want to invite you to just dismiss most of the things. It's, it's better if the table's set this way or if the dishes are put away this time. Like, it's better, but we're going to let it go. If, if you think you need to talk about it, then you talk about it and you just say, hey, I'm seeing this, and I just want to bring this up to you. What are you seeing? And if you can come to a conclusion, you can come to agreement, awesome. But if not, you dismiss it. You guys got it? So I want you to decide. Are we going to discuss it or are we going to dismiss it? But you can't just let it fester and stay. Um, lastly, preference. This is when we're like annoyed. And I want to invite you to willingly overlook and not hold that over a person. Okay? So... You know, like whether or not this person moves their laundry really fast from the washer to the dryer or how clean they keep the common space or whether they believe that celebrating Christmas is allowed before or after Christmas, you know, <laughs> um, grocery, you know, grocery requests, communication styles. You know, I would I would prefer if people uh, always talk to me or always texted me, you know, like there's little things like this, you know, what devotionals are best. You know, these are preference, and I think it's really important. Do you guys see the importance of kind of seeing the difference between these levels? Because we so often can grab something like that and elevate it so quickly in our spirit, in our mind, and that's what can rip apart relationships. Because then when you're going to get to parenting, it comes to like, you know, what schools are your friends picking? Are they going to, you know, what discipline techniques are they taking? What are the extracurriculars? Stuff starts getting really wild. And we can really quickly start judging and letting these things get in the way of our relationships. So I want to just close with what's at stake here. This is 2 Timothy 
22. As you know, it's going to be like a sweet verse, right? It's like 2 Timothy 2, 2 and following. So turn from youthful desires and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord with purity of heart. Avoid foolish and ignorant debates, for you know that they breed quarrels. A slave of the Lord should not quarrel, but should be gentle with everyone, able to teach, tolerant, correcting opponents with kindness. It may be that the Lord will grant them repentance that leads to knowledge of the truth, and that they may return to their senses out of the devil's snare, where they are entrapped by him for his will. And again, I want to just say, the devil does put his snare out there. I mean, we talked a lot about the flesh, and the devil is preying on our flesh. And he wants to turn us against one another and to fight one another. Because we have such a powerful charism of live-deep relationship, of, of transformational community. The devil wants to rip that apart. He wants to start new relationships. And that's actually what's at stake. And I want to invite you to, to recognize that spiritual attack. Because what the devil doesn't want to happen is for you to change the world. And when the hurt people hurt people, but healed people heal people, and a healed people is going to heal a lot of peoples. Okay, so when this people is healed, we're going we're gonna to heal a lot of people. And I just was praying with Ezekiel 47. I feel like I always pray that before I teach, preach with you guys, like about the river of life. And I just could see you guys, not like rain, just like sprinkling all over the countryside, which is amazing, but like a river, like united together, moving, cutting through the land, taking people somewhere, bringing life into a, a, you know, a sea full of salt and bringing life to trees and plants along the shores. Like, I just saw you guys. I think that's what's at stake, is that a healed people who have healed relationships and who heal one another and are merciful to one another and have perfect love for one another are going to be a light and are going to just radiate out around you on campus and for years and years and years and years to come. And that's what my prayer is for you, is that these kind of things that we do not let the devil, we do not let the flesh into our relationships, we reconcile, we forgive, we have mercy, and as we do, we're going to bring healing to the nations. Amen? Amen. Amen.